Hey, very good morning, good afternoon, good evening, my name is Sean. This is Alex. Hey, you're listening to another episode of Coaster Kings, Kings Radio. Radio. And today's episode is called 20 Questions, which we come up with today. And the long story short... We literally came up with the idea, like... Is that we were just kind of <laughs> chatting, and like we, like, we tend to ask each other questions all the time. Just like a random question. We'll be driving to like Disney, or driving to the grocery store, or whatever we're doing. And they're frequently theme park related questions. Just like, oh, you know, what is your favorite disc or something? And we figured, what if we just did that, but like on air? And here we are. Yeah, there's questions that I want to ask you that I've like been curious to know the answer. Or just things I want to hear you talk about more that I'm like excited to discuss in this little questionnaire. And I'm excited to see what questions you have for me. And before we dive into that, um, a quick little catch up. You may have noticed that there was two or three weeks without a full length episode. Uh, long story short, life was just busy. Um, Sven was in Tenerife, I believe, um, on vacation. Um, I have been working a lot, mostly just flying between Europe and New York. And yeah, so we actually didn't really have a lot of a chance to do that. Um, going forward in a few months, I'll be uh, I'll be based on the West Coast. and I'll really be going from Orlando to the West Coast. But the good news is, is that we are planning a lot of Asia trips and we are going to have lots of content coming up about all of our adventures throughout, um, hopefully, China and whatever else we're going to do in Asia, like Japan. And so, you know, Europe park season is starting again. We want to hit DLP or Disneyland Paris before um, the Olympics. And then we'll go again after the Olympics because, you know, no need to be there. Yeah, during that our passes expire in the spring. And that's actually the perfect time to let them expire because... Like, for the summer months, we will absolutely have no business being in Paris. It's going to be... Especially if going from the West Coast at that point is going to be hard. So, But yeah, I look forward to more California time. I think we're doing Disneyland. We'll have more things to talk about and write about. I think we're going to have more uh, substance coming up with, like, things related to trips and stuff as far as podcasts and... Oh, yeah, totally. Articles, hopefully. Yeah, lots coming up. And we did just start our new Minnesota season. Um, and we have Andre, our Spanish theme park guru slash reporter slash podcaster, who is uh, doing a mini-sode series about the history of theme parks in Spain. So our first episode of that is live, and uh, potentially the second episode by the time you're listening to this. So definitely make sure to check that out. And of course, we have a backlog of um, at least 100 episodes. So definitely check out all the other stuff we've ever talked about. Yeah, make sure you're caught up on... The two-part Vacoma episode. Definitely been sure we caught up on that. Large episode. That was one of the episodes. That was fun. Uh, But yeah, let's dive into uh, our 20 questions. So what we did is I got 10, Alex got 10, and we'll go back and forth. And who would start, Alexander? And um, the way we're going to do this is, like, I'll I'll start. Um, And, like, I want to... These questions are things that we want... To talk about with each other that we think would be interesting to talk about and something that I want Sean to answer and I'll also provide my answer or if our answer is the same, I'll provide an alternate answer just to like keep things interesting and I just want to talk about different thought-provoking random nostalgic things and use these questions as like catalysts for that because those are our favorite, my favorite podcasts are when we're just like Shooting the breeze, talking about things and Talking stuff. about all sorts so. of things, yeah. Alrighty. Are you ready? We are ready. Okay. So, my first one for you is... This one actually doesn't really apply to me as much. I could, give, I could basically give a similar answer, but... Question one for you is... What coaster had you ridden the most before moving to the United States? 
That's actually a really good question. Oh my god. What codes that I've written the most for moving to the United States? You know what? That's probably gonna have to be the old looping star. And um Haren, or it's gonna have to be Tornado, which is now Balagos flying the fire dragon flying dragon. Yeah. At uh, Aventura Park Hellendorn. Because you know become a tornado. Yeah, we went to those parks a lot as a kid and we rode those rides just all the time. Like, all the time. Like, went to Movie Park once in a while, Wallaby once in a while, you know? Yeah, because like I know, like, stuff, your favorite co- your favorite coaster from your childhood is Lethal Weapon Pursuit. Pursuit, but I didn't ride a lot. Car, and it closed so early. Like, I still lived there for a lot of years before, you know, between that closing and moving to the States. Yeah. So, that's probably one of those, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, probably, I bet it's Looping Star. You guys have a little... We don't you have, like, a, t- a don't you have a DVD? There's a DVD somewhere floating around the house where James and I are riding it. James, my little brother. <laughs> you sure you found it when we moved and played it and I was dying. You guys, it was the absolute cutest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, that was great. I miss <laughs> those days. But yeah, yeah, probably Looping Star yeah. Yeah, or Balogos, which yeah. you know, was Tornado because there was never a line for that. There was always, there was always a line for Looping Star, so Highlands yeah. pretty well attended. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I... I did not immigrate to the U.S., so coaster I've ridden the most before moving to the U.S. doesn't really apply to me. It sure doesn't. Um, but the, <laughs> the coaster that I rode the most in, like, that same period of my life um, that you rode, like, Slahattin the most, like, your childhood years, mine would be the Giant Dipper. Sure. I rode that just constantly living and really, really just in a four-year window, um, a four-year period of time, because I was born in Northern California and then we lived in Arizona for a while, and Castles and Coasters was my home park for a brief period for three years. And then we moved back to California, and then those four years, we were at the boardwalk. My school was right next to the boardwalk. We were at the boardwalk at least once a week. Yeah. Sometimes two or three times a week, because my parents obviously loved the boardwalk. That's where they met. They were ride operators. And the Giant Dipper, I, I know I have more laps on the Giant Dipper than... Certainly most coasters. I'm sure there's other coasters now that I've ridden more times, but the Giant Dipper has got to be up there for like the most coasters that I rode in my childhood, or the coaster that I rode the most in my childhood. Yeah, no, I can, I can see it. Alrighty, my first question for you is um, an interesting one, because I was thinking about it today while I was looking up some attendance numbers. How about you rank for me all the SeaWorld parks and entertainment parks? You can just do the big five. You want me to rank my like, like, like the big five? How much I like, like my person? What which ones I think are objectively, objectively the best? Yeah, objectively, like it's really hard because I feel or like if you rather do your personal favorites. You can add to. I feel like for the three SeaWorld parks, they really are very three very different parks because like SeaWorld San Diego is like still very close to its um, m- the mission statement on Mission Beach. No pun intended, wow. but. Um, it's still, SeaWorld San Diego is, is more of the same as it ever was. Very animal focused, lots of exhibits. Um, they've added rides and stuff, obviously, but it's, I feel like their identity hasn't changed as much as like SeaWorld Orlando, where like SeaWorld Orlando has turned into a mega roller coaster park that also has animals, but like roller coasters and rides are definitely taking the focus. And then you have... SeaWorld San Antonio, which I feel like is a really nice mix, and it's almost more of like a Bush Gardensy kind of feel to it. Like I, I feel like when in the '90s when they were adding like Steel Eel and, and Great White, that was the first SeaWorld park that experimented with roller coasters. I feel like it was their way of of doing like a hybrid Bush Garden SeaWorld experience 
um, which would later usher in, you know, the roller coaster eras for the other SeaWorld parks. Um, objectively, the best, I mean, and probably my favorite, I don't know, I have a hard time choosing between Busch Gardens Tampa and Busch Gardens Williamsburg. Interesting. So those are on the top for you? Those are the, I, God, it's really hard because then like SeaWorld San Diego, of course, is so marvelous. As an because, animal park. I guess you do say that, like, well, Seuss San Diego is so focused on animals, which is true. But, of course, Seuss San Diego has, you know, five major roller but then they, coasters. Yeah, like now big they, roller they have coasters. really... I think they've just done a better job of, like, integrating rides without losing the focus, losing the the modus operandi of the park. Whereas SeaWorld Orlando has, like, completely shifted gears. They went from being an animal park with rides to being a ride park with animals. Um, it's, it's almost, I mean, it's practically like Bush Gardens, Williamsburg level. Maybe not as bad. (laughs) Williamsburg has the fewest animals. I, I really have a soft spot for Bush Gardens, Tampa. If I have to pick between those five and go with my gut, like which one really delights me the most, I would have to go with Bush Gardens, Tampa and then SeaWorld, San Diego, and then Bush Gardens, Williamsburg. It's really, it's really tough. And I lo- we love Busch Gardens Williamsburg. Like, oh, sure. Don't get me wrong. This, it's, it, I'm making it sound like Busch Gardens Williamsburg is middle of the pack, but it's really not. It's just that, like, see, Tampa, Busch Gardens Tampa and SeaWorld San Diego really have my heart, like, on a personal level. And I feel like, objectively, they just have so much to offer. Williamsburg is a little less dimensional. The themed areas are great. It does a really good job with themed areas, but Tampa doesn't have areas that are as fleshed out as Williamsburg's as themed areas, but I miss the animals when I'm there. It's the one Bush Park, Bush SeaWorld Park, where, like, major park, where animals have an extremely limited focus. They were definitely not even, like, part of the focus when they built the park. Whereas in Bush Gardens, Tampa, I just love the like all of the safari animals and the exhibits and stuff and the way that that's interwoven. Um, and then I really, between SeaWorld Orlando and SeaWorld Texas, that's really hard for me too. Because SeaWorld San Antonio, I feel like, is really developing nicely and has a more diverse collection of rides, of things that I enjoy. Um, we've got a great wooden coaster. I, I love their... I love Steel Eel. I prefer Steel Eel over Mako. I yeah, think I would agree I would, with you. Yeah, you, I'm sure you, yeah. I mean, Great White is awesome. They've, they've got a really nice collection of, of rides. I think it still needs, they're still on the upswing. They still need a little more time in the oven. I think there's there's just areas of the park that, like, I think in 10 years from now, SeaWorld San Antonio could easily be the best one of the three. But yeah, that's a big statement. I, I just have a lot of faith. I have a lot of I believe in SeaWorld San Antonio. I think Catapult Falls is going to be amazing. Really, I mean, it's been like... SeaWorld San Antonio is the park that we have been to of the five the least recently. We've been to the other four more recently. We've been been to the other four at least in the last two years minimum. Maybe a year and a half. Um, So I I would... I, I feel like... I feel bad putting San Antonio in fifth, but then I also feel like Orlando... SeaWorld Orlando has such a killer collection of rides that I just want to like, I feel like I want to put that in fourth place. And I can see why Bush Gardens Tampa must be your absolute favorite. I mean, I think for a little while, when we first went to all these parks, maybe for like the first time, I think I could agree with you. I was a really big fan of Bush Gardens Tampa. I think what I prefer now is just a good balance though. I think 
SeaWorld San Diego having, first of all, its location, I think, is super spectacular because it's like on Mission Bay, all the waters around you, and then having the animal exhibits and the shows, and honestly, a pretty good coaster collection. And a good rapids ride. I don't know, I think it's just like I think it's yeah. my favorite park, but that's no surprise to you. Yeah. And then after that, I would put Bush Gardens, Tampa, and then it gets really murky for me because then I feel like all three are kind of equal. And maybe Sea World Orlando a little bit over it because it does have so much to do. Yeah. And then that's my I love Sea World San Diego you know, is perfect for what it needs to be, but the roller coasters there, not everything coaster wise, there necessarily excites me. Like I don't care about Electric Eel. Um, Manta's great. You know they've got. The the what's the new coaster wave rescue or is it Arctic Rescue? Arctic Rescue that looks awesome. If it's anything like Dark Coaster at Busch Gardens Williamsburg, it's probably really great. It's a long ride and um, it's actually well themed, which is nice. But I do just like I I will always tend to err on the side of ride parks and like the substance that a ride park has. And that's why Busch Gardens Tampa is the winner for me because it has so many rides and it has so much animal activity together. But it doesn't make me feel like you're choosing one or the other. It's kind of like SeaWorld or whatever SeaWorld Orlando wants to be, where like if it really like was blowing up the the animal components of everything as dramatically as the ride components have blown up. But even then, like they don't have like a huge variety of different kinds of rides the way that Busch Gardens Tampa does. I mean, like we were just there, and like two of the highlights for me were the Sky Ride and Falcon's Fury, which those are the aren't attractions that like SeaWorld Orlando doesn't have that degree of variety. It's it's either animals or coasters, basically. Yeah, especially now that the Wild Arctic simulators and the Trackers Dark Ride are gone. Yeah. I read an article about it earlier where like there used to be like two major indoor attractions and now mm-hmm. those are gone. Yeah. yeah. There was some more diverse I mean I love that they're building tons of coasters, but now the rides consist of coasters, water rides, and kitty rides. And there's then that's that is it. Yeah. Where Tampa, they've got, like, just... They've just got a nice mix of, like, other th- other things. Nice park things. Uh, next question. All right, Alexander. yes, let me continue. Okay. All right. Number two. How many different parks have you considered your home park? Hmm. How many parks have I considered my home park? Well, in Orlando, it's difficult because... Everything is kind of there's kind of parks. you can default and say like well both of us can say that the Disney World parks and the Universal parks and SeaWorld, SeaWorld and even Busch Gardens Tampa are home parks are home parks here. Then in California, it was definitely home parks were Six Flags, Magic Mountain, it was Universal Nods, Studios Hollywood, Universal Hollywood and Disneyland, Disneyland, California Adventure, yeah, those four resorts slash parks, mm-hmm. and then. And then Netherlands, I uh, would probably have to say Saharan, mm-hmm. Helandorn, Wolf Park, Germany. I think those three are most realistically well used to be home parks, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, those are really the three locations I've lived in. And now, like, you, you've got a place in New, in New York. Like, you, American Dream, Nick Universe is kind of... Yeah, I feel like I really visited much, though. <laughs> you know, like, I feel like if yeah. you have a home park, you need to be going all the yeah, time. that's and, true. We go for to me, these parks like, the I only, when I, I was based in New York for a year and a half, and I only went to Coney Island that one time, so, like, I, I can't, to Coney Island again. I, I can't really say, even though I lived in my crash pad in Queens, that, like, I wouldn't consider Coney Island a home park for me, but I would consider Mall of America a home park for me. Oh, God, I need to go to Coney Island before I, I leave again. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go there eventually. I guess I'm about to come Great America as a home park. Mm-hmm. Forever long, it's going to Yeah, that's yeah. going to be awesome. I, that was obviously my... 
the boardwalk and Great America were my home parks, my first home parks. Um, and then uh, um, Castles and Coasters in Phoenix was my home park for three years, and we went there a lot. I mean, we had we even had passes. We had, these are all places we had passes to because my family was always so big into theme parks. But um, and then we went to Marine World. A couple times. I wouldn't consider, even though I lived in the Bay Area, we didn't, we only went to Marine World like once a year. That's funny, because I had a window where I went to Marine World a lot, but I definitely can't call it Home Park. Yeah. It was like a six-hour drive from it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I guess Home Park is, is relative. It's like, it has, it's a mix of like ease with which you can access, frequency with which you access. Like, we wouldn't consider the Fun Spot Parks Home Parks, because we don't, we haven't been to either of the Fun Spots and like ridden anything in, literally in years. Yeah. It's literally been almost four years. So like they're here, but we don't we don't go to them really, and, and and not that there's anything wrong with them. They're just not like the kind of like we just have so much other stuff going on. We've got our passes for the big eight Central Florida parks, and we're really just focused on those and traveling. But yeah, so then I would say I the Mall of America because I was based at the Minneapolis airport for three and a half years. I spent a lot of time at Mall of America while I was waiting on call. Um. So I, I spent so much time there throughout the year, especially in the wintertime when it was, like, not appropriate to be outside. So, like, I would consider Mall of America, Nick Universal Home Park for me. I will say, in a way, I guess I could call Great America Home Park. I'm sorry, Great Adventure Home Park, because we've gone, That's we've gone true. several times We have gone year, Great Adventure consistently there, yeah. since we started, since you started flying out of Newark. And we'll probably, this, assuming we go to Great Adventure again this year, that'll make it our third year in a row of going to Great Adventure well, we went several times in twenty twenty. Oh yeah, that's right. We did. Tw- we went twice in twenty twenty three. Yeah, and then did we go? No, I guess we did, we did. Oh, that's right. Those both of those visits were the same year. Yeah, they were the same summer. Yeah. I was thinking one was in twenty twenty two, but that was no, that was so. Yeah, we that great adventure would count. I mean, we went twice, right. very quick succession. So like that's a that's a home park for you. Uh, my question for you is: uh, What's a country that you've never been to, or you want to go solely for coasters? Um. Well, I would say oh, that's a good one because I mean I'm really fortunate to say that I've been to most of the countries that I've. There's one country that I want to go through specifically for coasters and nothing else because I don't really care about the country itself is Poland, but that's not really somewhere that's like realistic or appropriate for us as like a gay couple, a very like open gay couple, a gay couple that like would not be able to keep a low profile easily. Or, like, you know, I, like, I wouldn't, I don't know. I probably wouldn't be able to relax there. Would we probably be fine? Sure. Do I want to, like, do I care? Like, do I care enough? Would I rather I mean, politically, there's money? a lot changing, like, really recently in Poland, which yeah. is nice. But at the same time, it's like, if, if it's a country that's yeah. kind of conservative on that aspect. And it's not a country where really I'm like, like I want to do other things there at all. Yeah. Like, I couldn't care less about the rest of Poland. I just want to no. go to the parks. It's what right. about you? Um, for me, South Korea. I, that was going to be my other answer. But I mean, I you've technically Poland. been. Yeah. Just not uh, for yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, South Korea. Yeah. Um, that's a Plenty of answer. parks, plenty of rides I want to do there. Yeah. Um, you know, they're building new parks. There's mm-hmm. a park in Busan that's new. Of course, you got Lottie World. You have Everland. Everland. You have Gyeongland. Seoul Land. Yeah. So there's actually quite, quite a few parks with... Um, really impressive rides each that I am definitely uh, hyped mm-hmm. to ride. Yeah, uh, French Revolution being one of them. Of course, uh, that the Aquatrax, so Atlantis. Yes, 
Um, there's that dive coaster yeah, and the, 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 the B&M universe. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, there's good stuff there. T-Express, can't forget, it's getting a retract. Getting retract right now. Uh, with yeah, RMC. What's that? Yeah, yeah, the RMC. 208, 208 retract. retract. So, yeah, I think South Korea is going to be mine. For that Perfect one. answer. Yeah, I was thinking Asia, too. Singapore, South Singapore Korea. Singapore has so little coast-wise, so yeah. universal. So but Battlestar Galactica is a big one. It is a big one. Big, big one. Okay, switching gears now. Um, what is your favorite Aero Flume? My favorite arrow flume. I mean, I've, I feel like it's between. I know it's, it's going to be Timberman Log Ride. Timberman Log Ride. Arrow yeah. flume. Yeah. I was going to say it's going to be either you're either going to say Timberman Log Ride or the one at Magic Mountain, the Log Jammer. Oh, Log Jammer's long gone. No, the Timberman Log Ride. I mean, yeah. it's like Disney level good. It is so very good. good. Yeah. And that would probably have to be my favorite too. That's actually really good. We just watched a video again if you guessed it. My, it's like, so reason for me to go back to Nazi. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sad when Jackie and I are, Jackie and I are going to go next week, and I don't think it's going to be open because oh, really? it's like always closed in February. Right now, the website yeah. says it's closed. Oh well, I don't think Jackie likes water rides, so it's fine. Um, but yeah, I would have to agree with you with like honorable mentions being the log jammer at Magic Mountain, and for operating flumes, the log flume at Leesburg, which is really similar to Magic Mountain's log flume. Two lift hills up, two drops down. Climbing on the side of the mountain, surrounded by coasters. But yeah, Timber Mountain, I feel like, is... is first, Every answer is the right answer, but Timber Mountain Log Ride is the most right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Alrighty, my next question for you is... What is the best wooden coaster manufacturer and why? The best wooden coaster manufacturer and why? Could be your favorite, if that's how you feel like answering it. I feel like... There's not a huge... Well, I, guess, I don't know. I guess I kind of... My gut, my instinct would be to say GCI. Because GCI has been really consistent. They've been around for almost 30 years. And they put out a consistent product. And they pioneered the whole... Like, de- developing a coaster concept. And, like, launching their own rolling stock for the coaster that they were building... Like they were, they they carved out a niche of roller coaster design and then built the train for it, and did a, I think have left a really wonderful impression on the industry. Um, there's been great roller coaster designers all throughout history, everything from Philadelphia Toboggan Company up to RMC and everything in between. Gravity Group is wonderful, obviously, but I, Gravity Group hasn't actually because they were redeveloped out of CCI. They haven't been around as long, technically. Like, te- Gravity Group, G- GCI has, like, technically has, like, 10 years on Gravity Group. And, uh, I don't know. I just, I feel like my gut says GCI. I feel, I guess, for me, they're, like, a nostalgic. I rode Roar the year it opened. So, like, I rode the first Millennium Flyers on their first coaster the first year that it was open. And I remember being a kid and riding with my parents, and my parents love wood coasters. We're obviously, like, giant dipper purists. And, like, riding the Millennium Flyers and being like, wow, like, these are super cool. Like, they look old school, but they also look modern. I just remember being, like, totally blown away by Roar. And, like, to this day, every time we ride a new GCI coaster, whether it's new or new to us, whether it's, like, Joris and the Drac at, at Efteling or Wood Coaster and Shenzhen or Texas Stingray... Like, I'm always just so surprised and impressed, pleasantly surprised, 
no matter how lofty my expectations are for their rides, I feel like I'm always really impressed with whatever they're doing. Yeah, I think it's a quick answer. I mean, GCI obviously is my favorite. Um, never really was big of a Woody fan, and but if it's a Woody I like, generally speaking, GCI. Um, like you said, yours and the drag. Um, Woodcoaster, so many excellent ones. Wodan, Goldstriker. Goldstriker, I love. Um, Texas, Stingray, I absolutely adore. Um, yeah, there's definitely one that I don't like. Uh, even, you know, Apocalypse is a good ride. Oh, yeah. The original Roar back in the day. Yeah, Lightning Racer. Yeah, they're all good. They're all very good. So that's definitely a, that's a lot definitely of substance, a, a lot of consistency, and a lot of variety. Yeah, very. Yeah, I feel yeah. like no two like GCI has like a signature kind of like a feeling to it, but no two rides are really the same. It's I just feel really like kind of nice about it. I really think like GCI is like the B and M of wooden coasters. Like, actually, I would disagree with you. You don't think so? And I say that because I think B and M at the end of the day, it's the same elements over and over. The wing coasters they got a little more variety going. But generally speaking, especially historically, it's like the same thing, the same thing. I mean, same form, like the Kumba formula was applied to almost every Florida's coaster. And then, but with GCI, I mean, they do everything so differently. Like they could build a beautiful terrain coaster. I feel like no two GCIs are the same as where there's clearly clones in the b and Well, I would say that the Wildcat formula was applied to a majority of GCI coasters for the first like 10 years. And then they more like, like clones. developed, but like Roar was really similar. Ozark, Wildcat, like they, there was definitely. What I mean is that there was definitely an established style. There was a signature the do. that was that was distinct. It was their signature style and design, and just like B and M, just like exploded onto the onto the scene, and it was like a cultural reset. Suddenly, everybody needed a ride from this manufacturer, and I think B and Ms get pigeonholed. I think like. People, I think it's easy to say that B&M is full of, like, similar coasters doing similar elements. And, like, yeah, if you're looking at, like, Bizarro at Great Adventure compared to, like, Kumba, there's definitely some of that. But there's, I don't, like, B&M has some, some quirky rides that, like, don't get enough credit for how peculiar and unique they are. I think, think about stuff like Great Bear, and I think about stuff like Flight Deck at Great America, that, like, going back, you look at them going back, and you're like, oh, you know, these are actually more unique than we give them credit for, like, Nemesis. And I think that's how GCI is, too. Because I remember when GCI, in the first 10 years, a lot of people were kind of like, okay, so GCI does a lot of the same thing over again. And I actually don't think that they do. And even if they did, that wouldn't be a problem. And they have really continued to grow and do more things. Like, I remember when I first rode Joris and the Drac, I was delighted and surprised that it had straight drops and, like, a straight double up or right. triple up, because that was so uncharacteristic of GCI. But then they demonstrated just how well they can do anything that they decide to do. And the ride still felt like a GCI, even though it didn't have a lot of the big, sweeping, twistery kind of um, drops yeah. that, like, Roar has. So. That's fair, yeah. I can see your point. Do I still 100% agree with it? No, but I can That's see your fine. point. <laughs> That's okay. Is it my turn now? Yes, it sure is. Okay. Um, this is the one that I came up with after I'd already finished my list, and then I was like, oh, wait, I want to ask this one, because I already know the answer, but I love when you tell the story. Have you ridden a ride with a celebrity? So, yes, I have, but that is a coach of celebrity. <laughs> Let it be very clear. 
No one in the real world knows who Alan Shoker is. <laughs> but yes, I wrote... But he is our celebrity. I wrote the Joker, uh, Six Flags Discovery Kingdom with Alan Shoki. Um This was May Media Day slash VIP night. Um, Ryan and I, a good friend of mine, who we started Coast of Kings, or California Coast of Kings way back in the day. And um, we were invited to Media Day, and then they invited us to stick around and do the VIP night. And then we met Alan Shoki. For the VIP night, and we rode Joker together a couple times, and it was really fun, and it was cool to talk about everything and talk about the wheels and the speed that it had with the original wheels and the speed that it had after they adjusted the wheels on it and some of the design choices, and it was a good time. It was kind of wild because, of course, X2 is like one of my favorite rides, and everyone knows Ellen Shoki, and it was cool. But you know, it was a really chill dude. Nothing. Uh, you know, not obviously because... I think it's just really neat small, that you got to ride yeah, a roller coaster with the guy who designed it. Yeah, it was cool, yeah. He's like, I, I always think of him, he's like the resident mad scientist of the industry. He's like our own personal Doc Brown of roller coasters. Because, I mean, no sane person comes up with X2, especially in the 90s. Like, he had been working on that ride for 10 years before it was open. So, like, he spent all of the 90s fiddling around with that while we were still, like you know, fooling around with stand-up coasters and stuff. <laughs> like, right, right. Like, this man was on another level. Um, and then I did have some actual celebrities that I met for a theme park-related thing, and even though I did not ride a ride with them, <laughs> I met... I'm so bad with names, but I, I met Tom Felton. I met um, Fred and George, whatever their real names <laughs> are, because I'm really bad at this, and I did not research this beforehand. Um, yeah, well, that's the surprise The girl all. that plays Luna Lovegood... Uh, I feel uh, Ivana Lynch. That's Ivana Lynch, yeah. and then the professor dude, the small professor dude, that <laughs> also plays like other characters that are also small. And he was—he does all of the Harry yeah. Potter stuff. He's yeah, really here's cool. all, all the Harry Potter stuff. So I met like five of the Harry Potter cast at the Wizard World of Harry Potter, like second media opening thing. There was like all these different media things they did, and I was at one of them, and um, and we had like a Q and A and stuff. It was cool. That's awesome. So that's my. Um, Sean thought that I was thinking that he rode the roller coaster with Tom Felton or something. Well, oh, yeah, when I he was a celebrity, I was like, please hold. Like, I, was I was saying, looking at him like, um, are you sure? Because. And I'm like, no. Then I realized I'm like, talking about, about that one, Shilky. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> and um, I actually rode Pirates of the Caribbean with a celebrity. I was with friends who were there with friends who were there with friends. And we ended up having, we had like this big group of like 16. Um, but I ended up riding Pirates of the Caribbean with Lee Merriweather and her daughter. And, um, if you don't know who Lee Merriweather is, that's okay. She, um, she is a legacy actress. She was 1955 Miss America. She was at Disneyland on opening day, part of the festivities and like met Walt Disney and all of that. Um, she's been nominated for Golden Globes, Emmys, and I think she might be most famous for playing Catwoman in the 1966 Batwoman, or uh, Batwoman, <laughs> 1966 Batman. Um, she was also in All My Children um, for quite a few years. But yeah, I wrote Pirates of the Caribbean with her and her daughter, um, and it was super fun. Like, it, it, was, it was cool talking to her, and I mean, everything that she said, I was just, like, hanging on her every word. Because she loves Disneyland. She just she goes to Disneyland constantly. She's always loved it. She's like, I was here. <laughs> oh, big day. Cool. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> so yeah, that's that was my that was my celebrity proximity moment where I was like, oh, I love this. Um, 
And for our next question is, what coaster product line that is no longer getting manufactured should be revived? Um, well, my instinct, I guess I would say with an asterisk, the Aero Suspended Coaster. And I say asterisk because Vacoma technically still offers the swinging turns. And the swinging turns are great. And I'm sure Vacoma would build a custom, a custom suspended coaster if you asked, and they would build it to the Aero specifications. But nobody's asking. We've only ever had custom aero suspended coasters, per the agreement, because Vacoma was always designated to handle the production models of that ride system, where aero would handle the custom models, and that was why we only ever saw production models from Vacoma and vice versa for aero. So I would say the aero suspended coaster specifically, but I do know that like because Vacoma is able and capable, that like theoretically it's possible. It's not. It's not as out of like out of the realm of possibility as like some some rides. Like you can, I, I can't like ask for a Togo stand up coaster anymore. Like that's not that's happening. not possible. <laughs> yeah. Well, what about you? Uh, see, I think they're technically still possibly being manufactured, but it's been a minute, and I don't think I anyone's actively really building them. There's two. There's two. A so we know one can be built if someone wants one, but nobody's won one. Yeah. And that is the SNS slash Arrow 4D coasters, like Ishinaika, Tataconda, X2, yeah. like the OG. Yeah. And then my other one is the Fukuoma Giant of a Boomerang. Oh, yeah. This Giant of a Boomerang is like one of my. Actually, I will go and say it right now on air that is my favorite model. Like a production model, model yeah, I of any ride. I, I have to agree with you. It is just a banger attraction. It makes me cry, but like good tears and like slightly terrified tears every time I ride it. And I will sit in a plane across the ocean a million times to ride it all the time. Bacoma, if you're listening. Like, like, stand, like Stunfall <laughs> particularly. Chef's kiss. Basically, Bacoma is the answer. Speaking of which, I want to go and ride um, Aftershark this summer. Episode. Yeah, we can do that. I'm going to be close to it. That, anyway, yeah. It's a good idea. Now it's a free okay. question. Number five. What was your most uncomfortable roller coaster experience? <laughs> like physically so definitely uncomfortable. Definitely in Japan somewhere. Yeah. Oh my god, I was so uncomfortable in Japan all the fucking time. Because I know... Yeah. Oh, it's so roller cool. coasters in Japan no, are not designed for Sean. I know my one. What is it? It's Hurricane. The Hurricane Coaster Himeji, Himeji, Himeji Central Park. Park. Like, I had spent two weeks, like, dying of pain on every ride, and then I get on that ride, and I'm like, maybe I just want to sit this one out. That one actually cut the skin on your knee area. I remember that. I had bruises, too. Like, I had bruises from that. That's how bad it was. And I'm four inches shorter than you. Yeah, that was really terrible. That one, you literally bled. So yeah, that must be uh, that must be my most uncomfortable coaster experience I ever had. It yeah. was just so painful, and the biggest water for the credit. I still remember. I was just I closed my eyes, and I was like, "Why?" Uh, maybe maybe that was the day the credit whoring died. Now, yeah. like maybe I don't care what the credit. And it was like, the last day so of the painful. Japan trip, and I think you were experiencing like a new dimension, like a fresh dimension of burnout. Oh, it was so painful. <laughs> we were oh, so done, brutal. I was tired of it. Um, so yeah, I think really that right comes to mind. Other than that, there's a lot of uncomfortable coasters in China. Like, Vanish wasn't that comfortable either, but it was cool. But that coaster is just, like... It's funny, because, like, now it sounds like I don't like Togo, because it's a Togo. But honestly, Togos are fine. Like, we've ridden a bunch of great Togos. That was just the one Togo I really didn't like. Yeah. How about you? What's your most uncomfortable coaster? Um, 
I actually didn't have an answer ready for this one. I just knew I wanted to ask you because I know you have a like a. There's a lot of roller coaster experiences. There's one obvious winner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I had a really uncomfortable ride on Icebreaker the other day because I sat in the last row. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. And it took a really long time for them to unload the train in front of me, and my shins felt like they were on fire. Um, I will say those are some of my. Not not that that this is a question, but if anyone asked me, like the worst. Ghoster rolling stock out there. <laughs> the worst roller coaster. The freaking premier sleek skyrocket trains. Awful. Sorry, but like a modern train shouldn't be dead restricting. Pain the ass getting in and out of especially now they have those new seat bolts. Oh my god, like getting it out of icebreaker. Icebreaker is, like, is really it's it's terrible. alone and it's yeah. the modifications that they made with icebreaker to like I mean, I'm glad that they removed the comfort collars and brought the height requirement down to forty eight inches. Like that's awesome. But, like, we are just, I'm, we are, I don't know what I was thinking. I knew that the last row of each car had the worst leg room. about it, yeah. And there's coasters with those trains that we love, like West Coast Racers and Manhattan Express. Like, I wouldn't really change much about those rides. But, like I said, when we talked about SeaWorld San Diego, Electric Eel is not, like, a ride that I think about much or care about a whole lot. I've, like, if I never ride another um, Skyrocket 2 clone, like, that's fine. I've ridden plenty. Um, and then, like, with Icebreaker, I don't really need to ride that again anymore either. But my number one most uncomfortable ride experience, which, like, uncomfortable might be an understatement. And I think I told you the story. When I rode the, the Wild Mouse at La Feria, and, um... Oh, yeah, but, uh, it's like, funny, because under construction in uh, Helena right now. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They're adding it to Helen. I rode the Wild Mouse on the, the Ace Mexico trip, and, like... I was in one seat. There was no one next to me, but there really should have been someone next to me to, like, block me from, like, sliding around all over the seat. And the ride was spinning like ape shit. And I, like, put my hand out to catch myself, and I dislocated my wrist a little bit. Um, I've had this... I have a trick wrist. Like, my... Part of my wrist joint is not attached to the arm, (laughs) if that makes sense. I don't really... I forget the technical term, but I can actually, like, pop it in and out of place yeah, manually. Really I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but, like, I, I caught myself from, like, slamming into the side of the car, but I it was a mistake, and I shouldn't have done that, and I really hurt my wrist um, <laughs> in the process. That park was, like, was honestly was one of the more dangerous places I've been, and I don't say that lightly, obviously, lightly, because obviously, like, the Chimera incident happened, like, a couple years later. But, like, that ride, the Wild Mouse was not safe or comfortable to ride either <laughs> because of the way they were running it. Um, so, yeah, that was definitely uh, uncomfortable. <laughs> and the next question on my list is going to be, and this seems like a really, really cheesy, basic question. Nobody hate. <laughs> I feel like wow. the opinion, like, changes all the time. So, right now, what is your... All-time favorite theme park. Oh. Um, Disneyland Paris. Oh, wow. Um, I know, like, our top three answers are, like, Shanghai Disneyland, Chinlong Ocean Kingdom, <laughs> and Disneyland Paris. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> but Shanghai Disneyland, we just haven't been to recently enough where I feel like I can say with the same level of confidence that I can with Disneyland Paris. And Chinlong Ocean Kingdom is, like, slightly morally bankrupt because of, like, there are nine... How many killer whales do they have that they... Well, they have 12 now, but nine were wild caught and they, three are born into Chinwong Ocean Kingdom, the Chinese are still collecting wild orcas for sea life parks. And, like, 
the, the, the um, okay so this reminds me of the other day oh my god that statistic <laughs> that i gave you oh my god you had to tell i randomly messaged sean and i was I like know where i was i don't even remember what i was doing or what made me think, think of this flying, but know. i was like wow we've seen captive orcas in four different countries the united states canada japan and china because we saw them at Haichang, Shanghai Haichang Ocean, Ocean Park. Park. Yeah. We saw them at the Port Nagoya Aquarium. And then obviously the SeaWorld Parks and Marine yeah. Land Canada. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw Shuka at Sugar's Discovery Kingdom. So that's, yeah, so you've actually seen but captive, actually see what's captive whales. You've seen, we've seen the same number of captive whales, the same captive whales, but you've seen one captive whale in two different places. Yeah. And Sean's like, that actually sounds really horrible and shitty and like... But at the same time, like, <laughs> we can add more to that list. <laughs> but do. then he was like, but wait, we should go to Spain. <laughs> Let's see, what is it? Um, Aloha Park. Like, <laughs> has, He's like, we can go. Let's go to Wales, yeah. <laughs> He's like, that's horrible. Let's go to another one. <laughs> that's a couple more. Gomogawa SeaWorld and um, Japan. Yeah. Obviously, Shanghai. I mean, um, what's it called? Um, Chamlong Spaceship. Yeah. Which is the second park next to Chamlong Ocean Kingdom. Anyway. Basically, to answer your question, I feel like Disneyland Paris is my favorite because of the three parks that I like to say are my favorite, it's the one that's the least morally bankrupt and the one that we've been going to the most frequently. And, like, maybe, I don't, most people wouldn't necessarily mix, like, the whole moral component of, like, captive animals, especially, like, wild-caught orcas, um, when, like, reviewing a park like Chimwong Ocean Kingdom, and, like... I used to think it's part of, like, the Chinese experience. You don't go to Asia and think, oh, animal welfare. I hate yeah, to say it. You I, just have one foot off an aircraft yeah. in Asia, and you're like, okay, it's Yeah, you don't, obviously, like, obviously, when you go to a place like China for Just like parks. Japan. I mean, I've seen some horrible stuff in Japan. I've seen some horrible stuff in China. Oh, yeah. Like, animal welfare. Oh, I've seen some terrible stuff in China. Zoos, like, really zoos. terrible stuff. Actually, the worst animal captivity that we've ever seen was, was actually in Japan. Oh. I think OCTEs was Oh, yeah. OCTEs was probably worse. <laughs> that was really bad. But, like, Tobu Zoo was horrible. The Tobu Zoo was really terrible. Tobu Zoo was extremently bad. And we did some other zoo that was really not the great either. I mean, to, and to be fair, most of the animals in OCTEs were already dead. The Tobu Zoo animals were alive and the, miserable. The toucans in a freaking dishwasher-sized No. Oh, my God, no. This is taking a really sad turn. No, no, no. I just asked what your favorite park yeah. is. So and I, I, over well, here I was about thinking about, about it, and we, were ta- and, like, we love to say Chiamong Ocean Kingdom is our favorite. I love Chiamong Ocean Kingdom, though. But, okay, but like, at least we can agree that the facilities in Chiamong Ocean Kingdom are like world-class. Yeah. Like, well, even like, though the new orchid exhibit and stuff, is and kind of everything, corrupt. Everything... And the orca exhibit is like the world's largest orca situation ever. Has giant wave pool. It's like by far the largest orca tanks ever built. Yeah, they're cool. It's and actually then, a record-breaking aquarium. But yeah, they it's don't, the world's largest. But they don't get wall. to go outside anymore. They don't see the sun. Well, they have glass windows, but yeah, they're not. Outside, they don't outside. get to be outside. Which maybe is better with the pollution. There which much. I guess. Yeah, but I guess that's true. Having said that. They're like in all seriousness. If we go, if you go to any like, if you've been to marine parks around the world, you do know that Chiang Ocean Kingdom is probably like the biggest, like highest quality. I mean, is these exhibits are gorgeous. They're yeah. exquisite. The I mean, rock, they're whale the shark walrus exhibit exhibits. Is I mean, like 
He can joke around. Like, it's, it, they're gorgeous. They're the, massive. Like, the river like, swamp, like, catfish exhibit. I mean, the animals that are there in captivity are the best maintained captive animals in the world. Well, maybe not the best maintained, but... I mean, it, the, Their facilities are nice in the rest of Asia. Yeah, probably the best in Asia, at least. And probably the best outside of, like, Europe and probably SeaWorld. North America, maybe, yeah. Um, I mean, it's not the best there. in Asia, but yeah. Um... But I would, you know, I still draw the line at saying, like, maybe I don't want my favorite park in the world to be the park that, like, captive, hosts yeah. captive wild-caught orcas that, you know, in this decade, in this era. That's fair enough. So, Disneyland Paris, for me, is just the easy answer that I'm the proudest of. You I feel what? like it's the easiest one for me to defend, because I feel like there is so much to say about Disneyland Paris. I think I agree with you. I mean, we have gone to Disneyland Paris. I mean, we've got lost count. We've gone so much. In the last I mean, couple Disneyland years, Paris qualifies as a home park for us. For, honestly, it does. We're because annual we've pass been holders, annual pass we holders for I mean, three years. years. Many years we go there more than Magic Kingdom. If it wasn't for Tron existing right now, we would still be at Disneyland Paris way more than be at Magic Kingdom. Last time we, we were at Disneyland Paris, on average, one day a month. Yeah. Oh my God, we went so much last year. No, or the year before last year. Yeah. We, we, did, we did do two big trips last year. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I know Disneyland Paris, I think. Like, the amount of time that we have clocked at Disneyland Paris is comparable oh, to, to Bush Gardens, <laughs> Tampa, SeaWorld, Animal Kingdom. Like, really comparable. Yeah. <laughs> Universal Studios Florida. Like, probably more than any of those. That's true. So. Alrighty. And then. Is it my turn? I think it is your turn. Okay. Yeah. This one should be an easy one for you. What is your favorite non-Disney and non-Universal dark ride? Non- oh, but that's easy because Efteling is Efteling. Nice. I knew the answer would be Efteling, and you were going to pick... Whatever ride you picked, I was going to pick a different one. <laughs> um, I probably have to give it to Dronflirt yes. Efteling. I mean, Dronflirt is just iconic. It's technically sort of a roller coaster, first of all. Um, yeah, and the floating planet scenes, the finale in the rainforest... Uh, but you know what? It could also go to Symbolica for me. And even though I wasn't as big of a Symbolica fan beforehand, oh god, this is hard because then there's not a dark ride comes to mind. There's not a dark ride. is my favorite. Well, but there's also Piraten in Batavia in Europa Park, which I adore that ride. But I will say That's I don't adore it as much as I adore yeah. the thing rides. Yeah. Now, I think between Symbolica, Fata Morgana, Drone Flux, one yeah. of those three, depending on my mood, is my favorite. I really, like, my most recent rides on Fatima Mahana, I had fallen more and more in love with that ride. I don't think I need to go right now. Uh, yeah. So, Fatima <laughs> has actually become my favorite non-Disney dark ride, because the more I ride modern dark rides, the more I crave the, like, Pirates of the Caribbean style dark ride. And the only reason why Fatima Mahana wins over something like Phantom Manor or Pirates of the Caribbean in Shanghai, or, um, not Shanghai. Well, Shanghai is great, too. But, like, Pirates of the Caribbean in Paris, for example, which is, like, neck and neck with Fanta Mahana. I gave it to Fanta Mahana because it is totally, completely one of a kind. It yeah. is... And I will say the towboat system for Dark Ride is genius. I do you're love always the only towboat. Boat in the scene. Yeah. And they use a lot of moving doors in that ride. Yeah. And you feel incredibly alone the entire ride. Yeah. Which in some scenes is kind of sketchy, yeah. like scary. No bumping into boats. But you're always alone. Oh, it's great. vehicles. And then honorable mention to Final Sea Battle. That's like the best modern... Yeah, I was thinking of Final Sea Battle. Like the best like next generation non-Disney Universal dark ride goes to Final Sea Battle, obviously. So I did hear that um, in Ningbo at the Oriental Heritage 
Park. The park where the one the Top Gun Tacoma. Yeah, that there. Spider-Man type dark ride is even more spectacular than that. So we'll have to go ride it this summer or hopefully. But yeah. Anyway, so I guess I need to give one final answer. What is the one? Yours would be Dream Flight. Probably Dream Flight. And and mine would be Phantom Hana. But with honorable mentions to like comparable rides at Disneyland Paris and Final Sea Battle. The Wuji Europa Park and and Europa Park. And Final Sea Battle at Wuji Sunak. And then my next question is what is the Best nighttime coaster in Europe. The best nighttime coaster in Europe. I know that going to Europe in the summer means that there isn't a lot of nighttime rides. Yeah, but I'm trying to think. We of have what, ridden some rides. In the I'm trying to think of what coasters have we ridden at night in Europe. Gosh, I mean, I guess I really would have to just give it to. Um, yeah, same. Yeah, you know who. Yeah, exactly. Gotham City yeah. Escape. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite nighttime ride. I think beforehand. My favorite daytime ride. My favorite before, rain ride. Beforehand, I really thought. I mean, first of all, that's a great park for night rides because it's in the freaking yeah. desert. So, Superman's a great dark ride and uh, night ride there. I mean, Stuntfall is spectacular at night. Coaster, Coaster Express. Express is so good at oh night. My oh my god. god. Uh, which is funny because I was going to be like That's okay so the paper we're tuning like, out first hell? of all we made a lot of noise just now I can see on the on the, on the sorry, noise graph thingy blew up your so, ears sorry for your ears um, but yeah Ghost Express was so good all that night. excitement for Coaster Express oh my god um, but yeah I think at the end of the day of all the coasters you're afraid in the dark what's your friend the stuff with Wallaby in the dark see yeah I don't have a lot of like, European some of the dark rides dark. clocked like nighttime rides on coasters clocked just because it's so hard but man Park Warner makes it easy yeah, the with Park their Warner. Halloween event that goes into Until 5 to yeah. 5 in the morning they made it easy breezy beautiful to get all five major coaster credits in total darkness yeah I got to this it's, game it's it though. Yeah, that was one of my favorite experiences at any theme park ever was that that was so so cool yeah so yeah even if i could think of other times that we've ridden coasters in the dark we've ridden some great rides in the dark we rode uh ride to happiness in the dark we rode god what are some other ones i mean the further north you get in europe the harder it is i mean we've ridden big thunder mountain in paris in the dark like we've ridden some we've gotten some great night rides we did hyperspace in the dark yeah i actually love riding no, listen, I mean, I, that was actually my first thought. I was going to be cheeky and be like, well, my favorite nighttime ride on a European coaster is also my favorite daytime ride at, at Hyperspace Mountain. But, um, yeah, Gotham City Escape is, is – I really could give no other answer than that. Um, even if I sat and thought about it, I think I would still have to go with that. Um, my next question, we're at number seven now. Uh, what is the most scared you've ever been of a ride? The most scared I've ever been of a ride. Um, I know, like, giant bird boomerangs are still kind of scary. No, but they're scary in, like, a fun way. Yeah. I think rides that really give me anxiety, there's one that really gives me anxiety. It's, uh, it's Arashi at Nagashima Spa Land. <laughs> because Arashi, like, I don't even know how to put it to words. Anyone that's seen, like, the TPR videos, or any videos of Arashi can understand. The amount of flipping that happens on this free spin or free flip coaster is so absurd that you will easily get between 8 to 10 inversions on just the four top, the top part, yeah. Like, you flip so insanely much. You get on top of that lift hill, and you know that the next, like, 20 seconds of your life are going to be so chaotic yeah. that, like, it's scary because you don't know. You don't I know. mean, at one point, I was convinced. We yeah. had already, like, 
We had already left the Bunny Hills and we're already like on the, on, on the track underneath ourselves. And then we just, and then we made the drop. And it was like, oh yeah. my God, I can't, I, I did not know where I am. In a freaking the simplest layout ever. I'm so grateful for Arashi. That ride is crazy. You can crazy, tell crazy. that that ride was developed with like Ijanaika in mind. They were like, we needed to, we need a free spin with it's the funny degree. It's funny because like, like the degree way scared of, it, seriously, the, with the degree of disorientation, they're like, we need to make, we need to take a 40 free spin and make it more aggressive than a 250 foot X2 clone. Well, clone. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah. But that's a great answer. Because no, that, one, is that ride is so intense. You don't know if you're going to come back in the station in one piece. Like, you're going to come back in the station with, like... I don't know if this is understanding. Like, if you've done the U.S. free flips or, like, the Mexico one, whatever, like, I don't think you understand. Like, Arashi is just... Arashi... It's like, there's a reason it's done. The first once. time we rode it and we came back to the station, I needed to, like, look at my face. Because I wanted to see if I had, like popped a blood vessel in my face or not because the forces I think we did actually rode it twice on, like, we had the, to just do it the, the, like the soft tissue on your body being put under that level of stress yeah like right now I would like <laughs> I would even maybe consider like riding it on my next visit to Nagashima because it is so crazy and tense and scary yeah it's, yeah, it's they're not actually like, scares what if me, I come like, off and what if like my neck is hurting like what if I come off with this ride and I'm like, I pull a muscle. <laughs> like that. And it's, it's a smooth ride, but oh my god, the flipping is so yeah. intense. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great answer. I'm trying to think. I really think it is one of the very few rides. I don't really get scared in the 4D coasters that much. Those, I feel like, once no. you ride them the first time, you have an easier time. It's funny, because I do get a little nervous on all the other free, free spins, too, but that's because it's just so freaking PTSD. You know? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I know that those, always the, the, the Joker it. free spins aren't going to do anything to me, but just being on them reminds me of Arashi. Oh, yeah, they still make you nervous, because you know you're going to get top of, top of the lift, and you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, those rides are kind of Remember scary. when we rode Timbili at King's Dominion and we didn't flip at all and I was so relieved? I know. We were so scared when I flipped. <laughs> I was like, like ah, I don't know. what this? What is it with those rides? They really have me and then their spell. Yeah, yeah. I'm scared of them. <laughs> I think I was scared of the whole yeah. model now. I think yeah. I was. Emoji Kazakashi. Yeah. yeah. And mine would be my first time riding a trapdoor water slide. <laughs> oh, interesting. I, they still stress me out. Like, I love them and I still get scared. When I ride them, even though they're safer than like the standard free fall water slide where you have to hoist yourself over the edge. Like I did Venom Drop at Magic Mountain back in the day and like that was terrifying and in retrospect it's amazing that those slides lasted as long as they did before like somebody inevitably launched themselves off the platform and into a tree. Um, but yeah, the Bonsai Pipelines at Six Flags New England were my first dropout water slides, and I was so, so scared. So, I mean, I, was, I felt, I felt sick. Like, I was really having, like, an out-of-body, because I just really thought I was, I mean, it just seemed, it just didn't seem safe. I knew it was relatively safe, but then, but then people get injured on water slides at water parks all the time. Like, I just felt like it was a perfectly reasonable concern to have that I would, like, break my ankle or something. I just, yeah. I was like, this is, I was just really, so when I came out the other side, I was so relieved that it was over, but it was, it was really intense and it burned, I burned some of the skin off of my foot. Like, it's one of those things where like, you, well, I think a general water slide scare me a little more than, yeah. than roller coasters. They're just scary in general and that one I was really, 
and that was you know this was 2013 so like what the dropout the modern water water slide dropout experience like hadn't quite been established yet and these ones were built the the bonsai pipelines which were at six flags new england and six flags america those were built made by some like no-name company and they're all gone now yeah like i know six flags america's is gone i'm pretty sure new england's is gone too but like the trajectory, the angle of the helix on those and the drop, those were just really violent, and like the, in a way that like the the pro slide well, yeah, ones, because the ones that were kind and of the whitewater west still. ones are like way more comfortable and safe generally. Yeah. Alrighty, it's my turn. Is it not? Yes, I think it's my turn. The next question I have for you is: What are some overrated theme parks? Overrated theme parks. I mean, Magic Kingdom is a park we love to hate. USF Universal Studios Florida, Florida is, absolutely is right overrated. up there um, in terms of like people buy their way into this park because of what it is on paper and not because of the Substance. quality of the experience or lack thereof. And those two really take the cake for me. I mean, it's I, I think if, if someone wanted to say that Cedar Point is overrated, Cedar Point is that's overrated. that's fine. That's people a, swear by. I think but that's that, an appropriate answer. And if you listen to episodes from like three seasons ago, you'll, yeah. you'll you know there's many episodes out there. We but talk, we talk a lot. Of, we talk a lot of shit about Cedar Point. Well, I don't know if Cedar Point's shit talking was really all that much, but I just I think the biggest point we always make is that Cedar Point's A team is very strong. Very good A team, but then like the, it just drops off. Like there are so many coasters there that are such mediocre rides that are really don't matter. Yeah. I was like, oh, see the point. Like but mixed quality. I think that the average quality of roller coaster at Magic Mountain is higher than yeah. the average quality of roller coaster see the point. I and agree. that's my point. Yeah. And I even think Kings Island's average coast is better than the average coast see the point. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. parks. It's not just Magic Mountain for a see the point. A lot of parks out there and then that have that. Actually, an answer that I really want to give that is important to me but is probably going to furrow some eyebrows is Europa Park. Oh, I find Europa Park overrated too. Um... And I, the first time I went to Europa Park, I really loved it. Yeah, you were so high. I was crazy about it. And then our visit together, I mean, we had a great time. There's a lot of important, substantial things that Europa Park gets right. But the thing that bothers me about Europa Park is how badly they advertise their own brand. They've got movies and books and TV and streaming services and a radio station. And they're just everything. Credit cards. Everything. They have yeah. gone so over the top with selling their own brands to people who are already in the park. Like, and it's like, it's not like it's everywhere. Like the park is just, it's just a local park. It's just a resort. Like Rolantica, like Rush Germany. But they're over here acting like it's Disney. Like, they have giant media scopes and they have parks all over the world. They don't, though. And they've gotten, like, they, they took their, like, Jungle Cruise-style t- boat ride, the African boat ride, and, like, hastily rethemed it to some IP and, like, retconned it into the Austria area of the park. That's no one. Yeah, that's And we didn't even write it, but it, I remember seeing it from the monorail and being like, what did they do to this ride? Like, and then, like, the, the Carousel of Progress-style show that they turned into... Uh, a Verlantica giant show up. advertisement for Verlantica. And like, like over-the-top advertising. Like, this crazy, so like, tedious. production. Like, this, this kid that, like... self-obsessed yeah, and super self-congratulatory. Self-obsessed. And plus, I just... I don't know. I, their coaster collection is all right. It's a lot... It's kind of a lot like Cedar Point, where, like, once you ride the three or four, like, major great coasters... How I'm going to put it this, is this way. Like, I completely... Everything Alex says is correct. And I completely agree with it. I think the best way to compass this is saying that, like, Europa Park is a good park. But people, and especially in the U.S., 
treat it like it is the world's best theme park. Yeah. Year after year, we have to give it a gold yeah. ticket award. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, it does help that, like, the Mac family personally invites the owners of the freaking oh, yeah. Golden Ticket Awards to do everything. I mean, you know, yeah, like they the, have a the good Mac relationship. family knows exactly how... Who they're coddling, but... Yeah, <laughs> they know uh, exactly how to, to tip the scales in their favor. It's and it's their prerogative. That, like, it's There's nothing wrong park. with that, really. It's a very good park, but it's not... It's not... It's what not... Say I don't it think it's in either... Fact, I don't think it's the best park in, in Germany. Germany. No, Fantasialand is better. I would rather go to Fantasialand. I would I would probably even take Evelyn's Park Trip Stroll over... Europa Park, and on a personal on a personal level, I would probably take Movie Park Germany because we love that stupid. <laughs> we do park. love that stupid park. Movie Park Germany is our heart and soul, and I get such a feeling of yeah. Tenderness. The wild thing is, you walk into our closet right now in our house. There's like a bunch of Movie Park Germany merch. <laughs> we have Movie Park Germany shit all over this house. Uh, can't wait to go back. I to worship it. that park. Um, Very little. I'm not saying that Movie Park Germany is objectively better than Europa Park. I don't think it is. Oh, not at all. But we enjoy Movie Park Germany more than we enjoy Europa Park. That even is, though it's not may, a better Maybe. Park. Maybe we do. <laughs> We're looking at each other right You now. love Movie Park Germany. I love Europa Germany, Park. but I also love Europa Park. Europa Park, I wish that... This is not as good as everyone says. Europa Park just still That's needs more work. That Their Haunted Mansion is terrible. Like, um, in Europe, I would take Fantasialand over it. I would take Efteling over it. Disneyland definitely. Paris. Disneyland Paris over it. I would probably take maybe even... Nah, not Port of Ventura. First, I can say Port of Ventura, but the operations are so terrible that this is such a tragic... Yeah. Maybe even Park of Warner. Yeah. I don't know. There's some parks there's, out there I like There's better. definitely parks that are better. And just, That's a good park. And there's just things about Europa Park that rub me the wrong way. Uh... I feel like they've had a weird summer with the fire and with the high dive show pool collapse. Yeah, there's a lot of tragedies. They've done some some weird shit has happened, has gone down at Europa Park that, like, I feel like people are not really holding them accountable to the degree that they should. Oh, I do have to say one thing, though, of the most elevated parks. Okay. I do hopefully believe that Tokyo Disneyland is a little overrated. Okay. People swear by Tokyo Disneyland. Okay. Yeah. And, like, it's a good park. It's a good park. But there's some really important aspects of a Disney yeah. theme park that that park lacks. Yeah. First of all, the clear, distinguished areas or room to breathe between attractions. Yeah. Everything's just smashed together. Smashed. It's like, yeah. it's the buzzing of... of um, Lots of bleeding. Of, of Splash Mountain, and then there's just, like, the facade of... The, like... Of Hot Dimension, the facade of... The, of the, yeah. Of the, Small World, all combined. Like, it's terrible. I like, call it's the, not that, that, that back row of rides at... at Tokyo Disney, I call it the bookshelf. And you have the Davy Crockett Canoes, Splash Mountain, Haunted Mansion, the Small World, the um, Alice in Wonderland restaurant, Small World, Pooh's Honey Hunt, and. um, Gotcha Go area. And uh, yeah, and Roger Rabbit's Cartoon Spin. And they are all in a perfect line adjacent to each other. With and there's really yeah, the not bleeding a is lot terrible. There's not actual themed lands, even though they say there is. <laughs> and even though, like, it's not like that for the whole resort, it's also very bare in a way. Like, it's very Magic Kingdom. I call that clean. I, I call it nicer. I know some people Tokyo Disney is like the Pentagon of theme parks. It's really amazing for a place that massive that you, you're never more than like a ten minute walk away from anything. It's so so accessible and massive, but like it's just huge midways. And, like, it's weird that, like, you could be standing in front of the entrance of Pirates of the Caribbean, but you're also on the hub. Like, Cinderella's Castle is right there, if you turn around. It's like, there's no... 
there's just there's not a lot of nestling going on. There's everything is just kind of on display. So yeah, that's a good park, but people have really been treating it like it may be the best castle park. Yeah. I don't even think it's, I don't think it's it's not in my. I top. mean, it's not better than Mag- it's not worse than Magic Kingdom, but for I, me, the castle yeah. park. I mean, like I would still yeah, I would probably take. I would at least take Disneyland Paris, Shanghai, was, Disney, and Anaheim, and quite possibly Hong, Hong Kong. Totally Hong Kong. Okay. Love Hong 100%. Kong. Hong Kong is so. Yeah, it's like my fifth favorite castle park. So, yeah, it's, it's like my it's fifth like favorite. I think best. it's my fifth favorite too. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's yeah. uh, for the overrated part. Uh, <laughs> part of the show. Um, we gotta hurry. Yeah, <laughs> we only have two more each. What was the most satisfying coaster to cross off of your bucket list? What is the most satisfying coaster? Wait, is that really? Because I have three more questions after this, so we're off. Did you do the number eight? No, yeah, I number eight was skipped. It. Oh, I skipped it. I'm sorry. Well, we'll come back to it later. Okay, one more time. Though. What's the question? Then? What's the most satisfying coaster to cross off of your bucket list that I have yet to ride that, that you've already wrote that you've crossed it off? That I've already crossed it off yeah. my list. Most satisfying ride to cross off my book. Was it like something in... Ah, but this is a while ago. This is a while ago. What is it? Dinaconda. It is Dinaconda. Okay. Dinaconda and Tron. Yeah. Well, yeah. OG Tron. Yeah. So OG Tron was important to me because I am a big Tron fan and Alex and I met and Alex had already planned his trip right as we met so I didn't go with him. And he went to ride Tron. He really didn't... For him, it was not a priority. For me, it was like the, the dream ride that I want to ride anyway. So it was kind of one of those things where like when I... I, just, I didn't know. When I like a year anything. later or less than a year later, I came with him. We went again. And then it was really one of those things. It's like, wow, like I got the cross. Yeah. Um, and it was important to me. But then when it came to like, like a ride that was really significant to me on the bucket list, um, in 2019, we rode Dinaconda at um, China Dinosaur Park. Yeah. And that was the third of the three big Aero slash SNS 4D coasters. And we that was our completion trifecta because we had done all three. Yeah. And um, it was just a fabulous ride. Incredible. Really positive experience with the park. It was just like, that was a great moment. It was just great. And we went to went, went to like Wanda Plaza afterwards. Like, I don't know. It was just it like was a great awesome. time. And it was a good important coaster to check off. It was good. That was Ejanaika e- for me because I was like... Funny, because you hadn't we even s- done Dinaconda yet. We were so worried. I was just worried about not being able to get on because we were we were racing against time. We were racing yeah. against Mother Nature. And it was such a high That's priority. Cute, yeah. And I just remember the whole process of like waiting and get loading in. And like they're like putting their hand out the station to like test the rain I remember thinking like, "Oh my god!" Like we're ready, we're cutting it yeah, so it was close. Yeah. Um, and I was so relieved, even though I was terrified. That's got to be one of the most terrifying roller coaster experiences for me because that was one where I wasn't sure if I would come off like feeling like I'd just been hit by a bus. Um, but I was like terrified that we wouldn't get on, like that we wouldn't ride. So when we dispatched, climbed the lift hill, like crested the lift, I was so relieved. I was like cheering in my mind, but I was also terrified. Asianic was very good. Yeah. Yeah. But not as good as that. Yeah. They have a whole article on this, by yes. the way, on yep. coastgoods.com. Yep. It's called Exu versus Asianic versus Danaconda. Mm-hmm. Um, look it up. Yeah. Anyway, okay. my next question for you is what is your favorite style of roller coaster? Like, favorite kind of roller coaster? Favorite? Like, I know you used to be a woody kind of guy. Are yeah. you still a woody kind of guy? No, I'm definitely more into my classic steels. I love, like, legacy steel loopers, things like the Arrow and Vacoma. Stuff that, like, from the 80s leading into the 90s, stuff like Kumba, like, everything spanning from, like, the mid-80s, maybe early 80s, 
I would say everything from, let's say, Viper at Darien Lake up to, like, the mid-90s. Like things like hyperspace mountain and probably and, and you know into and in, in, into infinity. I mean, they've never great roller coasters like that have never stopped being built. They've just kind of come in different shapes and ways. And like Vacoma has is ushering in their own like looping coaster renaissance with with things like the Super Boomerang and, and all their great like standard looper production models and launch coasters and stuff. There's there's great traditional looping coasters to be had. But I just love. Like the stuff that's eighties and nineties, and companies like Vacoma and B and M, like really discovering their craft and like swinging their hips and coasters like like Guldrix, like people will laugh, but like that was I feel like the first time that Vacoma really got to like yeah, there was some had episode a, where we were mentioning this, but it was like the fact that Guldrix is a year older than Viper at Secrets Magic Mountain. I mean, put them side by side. Viper seems like an analog, yeah, old, outdated thing. Yeah. And then Guldrix for a time was a revolutionary to loop for the biggest thing Europe had ever yeah. seen. It was so cool, Just stunning. I mean, yeah. part, that coaster alone. Put, the fact that that's from the eighties is so wild. That Guldrix alone <laughs> put, put whole amusement parks out of business. Literally, literally put. That was a was a mega police. Yeah, out? they yeah. literally put them out of business. That ride was was absolutely something else. So I love riding roller coasters right at the beginning of a of the legacy period, like Kumba with their the way that Kumba was sort of spelling the end of of companies like Aerodynamics and. But then also riding roller coasters, like, I mean, Vortex was exciting for me for, at Kings Island because I loved the way it represented this leap from, like, kind of straightforward looping coasters. You know, you do the double loop, double cork, and then you add, like, the boomerang, like, Viper at Darien Lake. You add, you know, taller elements and stuff, but then, like, there was, Vortex was, like, a, uh, was, like, the first, meg- I consider Vortex the first mega looper. It's not a mega looper the way that like the aerodynamics uh, three mega loopers for for Six Flags were, but this is I consider like Vortex no, to, to have been in that, that like class that weight. It was like that was the first time that they had pushed that hard. They pushed so big when Vortex opened. The size, the scope of it was so peculiarly vast compared to these other, you know, the other era loopers that were relatively close to the ground and straightforward. And even if they did more, they weren't so vast in their scope that, that Vortex was. So I would say that's my favorite kind of coaster. It's like roller coasters where you see risks being taken and paying off and seeing when you ride a coaster and you're like, this was a cultural reset for this ride. For this, this ride was like for what it did for the industry. This, this is the one that changed everything. Hyperspace Mountain. Again. Yeah. <laughs> for me, it's really example. hard. I'm thinking right now. I can't really think about my favorite style of coasters at all. I think at the end of the day, the classic looper comes to mind. Yeah. I mean, even before Alex and I met, I mean, I was always just riding Viper day after day, back to back to back. I mean, I met Japan. Um, my favorite ride in the world currently probably is Hyperspace Mountain in Paris. I think... There is a trend there. I think yeah. the trend is that I just like my classic. You just loopers. love your legacy loopers. I like when they got really, really creative. Now I feel like some stuff feels very engineered. I always complain about stuff like, um, especially when it just opened Banshee, where I feel like a computer program designed the thing. Like every inch of force is, manif- is, is designed out of it digitally because a computer can tell exactly what the force is in every element. So then when you write stuff like, um, and a banshee, it just feels like every element is the exact height they need to be, the exact speed. It just feels almost too calculated. 
And then there's stuff like Hyperspace Mountain and Bears, where they got super creative with like fitting it all into a show building. They don't make indoor coasters like that ever since. And so I think that's what I appreciate, appreciate about that era. There's a lot of character in those rides, especially mm-hmm. now that they're aging a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Alrighty, your next question. Okay. This was actually number eight, but I, I skipped it. What was the first major theme park trip that you went on? Like, first, dedicated theme park trip. Uh, this was not spectacular at all. Was it your Texas trip with Ryan, or I was there something it, earlier? I think it was my Texas. Well, trip was good. I, I did a trip before where I did Great America and, like, Discovery Canyon, but that was, you know, not really, like, crazy. It was, we lived in California. No, my first trip, really, where I went just for Coastal was probably my first, my solo Texas trip, yeah. yeah. Where Ryan, Byron, and I went, and we did all the Texas parks, Yeah. And you were, that was, like, you told, you guys, like, took buses and stuff, like... Well, yeah, we took plane, we took a plane to Dallas, and then we did the Dallas Park for two days, and then we took a bus to San Antonio, and then we did San Antonio Parks, and then we flew back, yeah, it was, yeah. we did a whole lot, but it was the first dedicated concert trip, that's really yeah. cool, that's special, that's something, you know? Yeah, hotels, everything, yeah, that was cool. Mine was really that 1999 trip to Orlando with my folks. That was, I can, I'm lucky to say that, like, I, my parents took me on a dedicated theme park excursion in the 90s. I guess that's more common now. I mean, people go to Orlando, even if they're not really theme park people, you go to Orlando for Disney World, for theme parks. Yeah. But when I, but for my family, it was different because we are a roller coaster theme park family. And so we weren't just going to Disney World to go to Disney World. We were going to Islands of Adventure to ride Incredible Hulk and Dueling Dragons and Spider-Man. And we were going to Disney World to ride Test Track and go to Animal Kingdom and ride Rock and Roller Coaster. Like, we were there to to visit what was, like, some really state-of-the-art, like, exciting, limit-pushing stuff. And we had never done Orlando. We'd never been to the parks. We're big Disney people. We're like, we've got to go to Disney World. We've got to do this. And so that was our big trip. It was a dead... We were here. We were in Orlando for, for like a week and a half. We had done other trips, you know, visiting family. We went to Minnesota to visit family, and we went to theme parks while we were there. We went, like, went up to Oregon to visit family and went to the parks there. All of our Southern California trips always involved family and friends and stuff. Um, but that Orlando was the first time that we went anywhere to go to theme parks. We didn't have anyone in Florida. We were there to ride roller coasters. And I still think about that trip all the time and how, like, that was 25 years ago. And that was, like, that trip, like, shaped me as an, as an enthusiast. It, like, it was my awakening, my spiritual awakening. Wow. That's, and I was like, I'm going to live in, I'm gonna live in Orlando someday. And here we are. Wow. Okay. Dreams come true. Well, that's not, yeah, I was not quite as spectacular. But, okay. um, I, love hearing, I love hearing about your Texas trip. What you ride you would you me. work on if you could work on any ride? Oh, that's a great one. Um, <coughs> I think about this sometimes because sometimes. I want to ride, I want to work a ride where I'm like, I get some daylight, but I don't want something that is a lot, involves a lot of like upper body. Like I could never work Space Mountain in Paris because I don't want to have to lift those hydraulic restraints. You can listen though. You tell people to push up. <coughs> but like when the trains, when you're testing and the trains come in empty and there's empty seats yeah, and like that so whole it's thing. It's a party day and you're a part of a large crew. Yeah, no. Uh, I, I don't I do not do manual labor. <laughs> I want, I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind working like a roll, a ride that has like a moving, like a conveyor belt, something like Hagrid. 
I, get, I want to get my steps in when I run a ride. Right. I'm not trying to get a full upper body workout when I want to, when I run a ride. So like, um, like one that comes to mind, I don't know, Cali River Rapids is really scenic. You've got your turntable, you're walking around, you're outside a lot. Like it's not, and I don't want to work one of those rides where like, it's really stressful. Like I could never work Hulk because like I see people like the groupers at Hulk always seem like they have too much going on and I really feel for them like I don't want to have to jump around between the standby queue single rider um DAS and quick queue at the same time you know yeah so that's for me I would I would probably I would say like a rapids ride I want a, a rapids ride somewhere with good weather I would I would want to work grizzly river run interesting no I could definitely relate no for me it would have to <laughs> probably be like I think free for big journey would be a in the castle, it's a vibe. You're mostly inside. See, I don't want to spend too much you time You are walking inside. on a moving walk thingy. So That's you true. Get your steps in. I mean, you do rotate, right? So there's it's times like, where yeah, you're in front. And it's like high, it's a really efficient ride, but it's a lot of splitting of groups of four because yeah. of the way the ride works. True. So I feel like it's, you know, like you got to be efficient and like do your thing and be busy and work and I don't really like just standing around kind of thing anyway. Yeah. I kind of like staying busy. So, um... That is definitely a ride I think about. I had to think about a roller coaster I want to work on. I would actually probably love to work on Hyperspace in Paris. Yeah. Yeah. Just to do it. Just to do it. It's yeah. a style. It's a stylistic thing. You yeah. always get fresh air because, I mean, the station's not the... Yeah. Like, there's not a single part of the ride where you work inside except for yeah. when you stand the little booth at the end. That's the totally true. So, um, and it's, you know, it's hyperspace. Yeah. Because I don't really, I don't know as well enough to know, like, how much time do you really spend indoors when you're doing these these rides like when do you, how often do you get to rotate where you're like at the entrance and stuff like i just wouldn't i would my goal i would i would just hate to work a ride where i'm indoors all day i would want my ride and but then i don't want to be like that's a where you live i don't want to be covered in the rain either like i could see i could say collie river rapids all i want and some person who runs collie river rapids could hear this and be like you idiot like this is a terrible ride to work you don't know you don't know the struggle so like i don't know but i'm just going off of what i think i would like Based on the information I have at hand. Um, and then, okay, so my last question for you is, what is your favorite hypercoaster from each manufacturer? God, not the hypercoaster, but you said a factory. Yeah, I know. I didn't think the episode would hyper, go on this long. Is it a hypercoaster? Hypercoaster yeah. for okay, each so, manufacturer. So start with... No, give us... Just run, just, run, just run through the manufacturers for me. Bulgar and Maviar. So B&M, my favorite hypercoaster... Uh, probably, well, it's going to be Fury. It's going to count? Or no. Is it, no. It's not yeah. a, okay. No, okay, guys. Hypercoaster is a state of mind. Um, That's true. It can be less than 200 feet. We'll go with the European hypercoaster okay, so rule, but no, guys. I've decided. The B&M Hyper favorite. Uh, Mine's Apollo's Chariot. You can steal my answer if you want. Yeah, it's probably Apollo's Chariot, if not Candemonium. Next. Really? I love Candemonium. Poor Raging Bull. <gasps> Raging Bull is, of course, the answer. How could I forget about her? Wow. Raging Bull. I'm, really, yeah. I'm so glad I answered this, uh, asked this question just, just to get that the response. Okay. Um, Intamin. Intamin. Hypercoaster. Hyper- oh, Skyrush. Skyrush. Yeah, yeah, easily. Not easy, a competition. Easy, easy for you. Yeah, Sky Rush oh, but I talk about Rides actually scared me still. Sky Rush. Yeah. Oh. Sky Rush is up there. Um, yeah, because Gay Guys makes it too easy. It's like Fury, I-305, Steel Dragon 2000. Like, no. We're, I wanted it to be, like, a little bit more eclectic. 
Okay. Uh, and for me, like my favorite intimate hyper, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say an inter- an answer that I like to say because I think it's interesting. Conda. Uh, I haven't I haven't written Conda. Yeah, that's right. Oh my god, you suck! Why would you bring yeah, that yeah, yeah. up? <laughs> Good. Good. I would. Um, Holland. No, that's a great one. But I would say um, Thunder Dolphin. Oh, yeah, yeah, It's just different. It's yeah, cool. Yeah, and it's cute. tall as shit. It's like it's cute. almost a gig. It's 260 no. feet tall. Yeah, that's because it's so, hard so it's much. tall as shit. I love tools. that. Okay. Um, aerodynamics hyper. This one we talk about all the time. Desperado. Desperado. No, no doubt. I have, yeah, that's my answer, obviously, too. But, of course, like, Pepsi Max Big One and um, Magnum. Magnum. Honorable mentions. Great rides. Um, favorite Morgan hyper. Steel Eel. I was going to say, you're allowed to pick Steel Eel. But I was going to pick one... I I would pick Phantom's Revenge personally if that counts. That's more like a yeah. Well, I guess is it an arrow? It's a hybrid, so we can yeah, just say like yeah. We can put that in the hybrid. That category one's in the hybrid cap, Yeah. So yeah. like the Desperado and Phantom's Revenge and Steel Eel cool. win. Um, RMC. We have ridden technically two RMCs over two hundred feet tall. Steel Vengeance and Iron Guazi. Well, then Iron Guazi. Iron Guazi wins, obviously. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Togo, we sort of have ridden two hyper coasters from Togo. Maybe even three, depending on how you... Bandit is like the de facto hyper. It's not officially 200 feet tall, but if we're going on like the European definition of a Wallaby Holland Goliath-style hyper, where like 150, you know, steel yield. If we're talking junior hypers, too, that would... Junior hypers are hypers, so yeah. yeah. So it's... It, Togo, we've really actually been on three coasters that qualify, but only one is, God, is the obvious first one. Mine, though. Um, New York, Manhattan New York. Express, yeah. Fujiyama, the winner. Oh, Fujiyama. And, 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 <laughs> yeah. and Bandit. Yeah, easily Fujiyama. Fujiyama is my no, favorite hypercoaster in the world, period. And, and like, my favorite Morgan is... Okay, are we going to ask our favorite Giovanola? Yes. I didn't okay. put it on here, but, like, obviously we have Titan and... Goliath. So, okay, so it's actually a story. So, Goliath is the better overall experience significantly. Yeah. Like, way better queue, the giant, like, I mean, Titan is like, funny enough, Titan's a bigger coaster, but nobody thinks about Titan. Now. Yeah. That's where Goliath will think about it because of its presence. You yeah. Know? That upward, the, the upward helix is great. Titan gets the nomination and wins. Titan wins. Because that giant, perfect helix that goes up is so it's good. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. It's good. It's awesome. The views on Goliath are better. Yeah. But like Titan is is an improvement for sure. Um, SNS, we have been on, we've been on, I mean, gosh, we've been on at least two coasters. (laughs) At least two. At least two SNS coasters that well exceed 200 feet. Um, I think it's a refresher by then. Ejanica and Uh, Anaconda. See, I was thinking hyper style. I know. know. They're not really hyper style. Let's just stick to hyperstyle. That's fine. I mean, Asian Ica. Otherwise, I could count yeah. freaking Falcon and Wuchi Sunak too. Like, no, we need to stick to hyperstyle. Yeah, that's true. I thought about talking about that because Alpengeist is up there, but you know. Yeah, hyperstyle. Yeah, hyperstyle. Um, and then we have to talk. And then I, I put Gershlauer kind of just as a joke because like Shredder's Karen is their only hypercoaster by even a remote measure, but yeah. it's a true hypercoaster. A little surprised even though more since, but yeah, Shredder's Karen is good. Yeah. All right. That concludes my questions. And then for the last, last question, it is going to be, what's a ride or a park that is on no one's radar and should be? Wow. Okay. So we're talking like... Underrated. Super underrated. Super underrated. Like nobody really talks about this, but really they should be talking about this. Could be a ride, could be a park, could be anything. 
You saved the hardest one for last. Oh, I'm happy my questions weren't completely boring. No, they were. They were great. What did you have in mind as an answer for this? I didn't have an answer. You didn't have an answer in mind? I was thinking about it. I was theorizing about it myself. I'm like, what exactly could When be... I think about, like, what is the most underrated park in the country, I actually think that Silver Dollar City is in its own league. I like it better than Dollywood. No offense to Dolly. But I feel like Silver Dollar City is so exquisite. And I really... But you don't think it's Boo's Radar? Or not as much as it's it should not be. as it should not as much as it should be. Okay, we're talking about a park. I mean, I feel like Silver Dollar City is is so far up there. If you, if you take away the big conglomerate parks, I guess it's sort of a conglomerate now. But if you take away SeaWorld Parks, Entertainment, Universal, and Disney, Silver Dollar City is is in a. I, for, I really feel like it's in a league of its own. So mine is probably going to be a surprising answer. But I think there's a couple parks that come to my mind. But one park I think is California's Great America. Because California's Great America, I barely hear people talk about it except it's closing. And not a lot of enthusiasts are making a trek out there for it. It just seems kind of like it's kind of fallen under the radar at this point. Yeah. And I come from an era of like, talk about it. And still, like, nobody really talks about it anymore. Right. But they have a really solid coastal collection, mm-hmm. gorgeously landscaped, beautifully park, manicured, so well maintained. Yeah. I mean, they went through a rough patch and they came out of it so strong. Yeah. It is just a clean, delicate, beautiful park. And then my other park that I would have on this list, and I don't want to put Asian parks on there because we're just privileged to be traveling to China and doing the thing in the mainland. Yeah, of course, there's going to be parks out in the boonies in China that there's not going to be on the radar of our listeners. And that's fair, because I don't expect people to know the ins and outs of regional parks. Yeah. A two-hour flight from Shanghai. For Europe, I would say Odinus Park trips, though. But in Europe... I know I brought that up earlier. I... That's a good one. But for me, I'm actually going to say... And maybe not as much anymore, because Gotham City Escape exists. But prior to to Gotham City Escape, Parker Warner... Parker Warner is so underrated. Because I love that park. I love her. And I love... The staff is so nice. She is everything. But now with Gotham City Escape, yeah. everyone's talking about now it, so she's I guess fine. on the radar. So that's why yeah. she doesn't get this nomination. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah. Great America is a great, a great answer. Yeah, I think that really is yeah. kind of it. And with that, we are ending yet another episode. Um, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Coaster Kings Radio. Make sure to follow us online on Instagram, Facebook... X now Twitter mm-hmm. which we don't really post on a whole lot to yeah. and uh, leave us a review wherever you're listening we'll see you next week check out our long catalog of all the other episodes we published over the last couple of years mm-hmm. and um, stay tuned for lots of adventures through China Japan Europe and everything else is coming to Coast Kings Radio this spring and if there was an answer that you gave for all of you playing at home if you had a fun answer to any of these questions, please reach out to us and send us your answer because we would love to know. We love hearing people talk about their favorite roller coaster experiences, and we hope that one of these 20 questions made you think of a coaster experience that you like to think about. Um, that concludes our broadcast for the evening. Not the broadcast. <laughs> and we'll catch you guys. We'll on see you on the next soon. one. Bye. Bye.